Welcome y'all to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. Mosey on up to the bar and get yourself a bottle of fire water or a glass of sarsaparilla and listen to some good old yarns about adventures of law dogs, outlaws, and weird creatures. So set a spell, water your ride, or your rider, and get ready to tune up your posses. This is the Black Hoof Saloon. Howdy all you saddle bums and welcome to Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. This is Eric here again with you and I am joined by Tom out in Philly. Hola. And we got Brian down in Texas. Say hey, Brian. Howdy, Brian. (laughs) Today we got a couple segments for you that should be pretty fun. Uh, We're going to kind of try out a new segment with you guys that's uh, kind of a... I guess more or less a discussion type segment that uh, where we just kind of blabber about something in the game of Wild West Exodus. And then we're going to do uh, a little bit later another top three, but this time we're going to talk about vehicles, our favorite vehicles in the game. Something I wanted to go over in our opener is, guess what, guys? We got listener comments. Ooh, feedback. Feedback, yes, feedback. And uh, luckily they are all positive for us they don't say that we stink and we don't know what the hell we're talking about so so real quick i wanted to give a a shout out to one of our first um our first little feedbacks we had was from uh isaiah isaiah 5112 god i i'm a race screwing up talking uh he basically just said great job guys and you know keep up the good work but uh we had let's see is Earlier in the week, we got a reply from uh, a listener, Ian Creasy, I hope I'm saying that right, that said, uh, he basically said, thanks a bunch, uh, you know, for what we do, and uh, he said he just started listening, so he's like on episode two and loving it, and he actually posted a question of, what do we think about War Cradle getting to release all the protagonists for Tombstone? Um, They have... Pretty much most of the tombstone, like your classical historic guys, out, don't they? I think for the most part, um, both. For, I think also both from you know the protagonist and antagonist side, uh, because you do have the guys in the outlaws, uh, Curly Bill, and you know some of those guys. Uh, Johnny Ringo. Yeah, Johnny Ringo. Yep. So, so, so I, I think they're pretty well covered there. And we have. I think they're all. Quite a few of the the herps are out, right? We got all the herps. Well, we have more than what was in the movie. Okay. So herp had several brothers and, and a half brother. So we have all but one of the herp brothers in the game so far. So who are we? In, in in reality, War Cradle could always give us more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know they've kind of teased that we were going to see a tombstone posse box set. So you know we could very well see uh the other brother who you know, are we, who, in the who are we missing brian do you remember i i, I did look it up <laughs> wasn't, wasn't there Two years wasn't there ago a young, wasn't there a younger brother who actually went on the uh death ride with them uh no morgan was the younger brother but he ends up dying before they oh, go all on. right uh no 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 there's an older half brother because his his mom had married his mom 
evidently had a son uh, or his dad had a son from a previous mom. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I read somewhere, though, that there was another Earp brother that went on the ride with him, the vengeance ride uh, that just wasn't part of the Tombstone movie. But uh, historically, there was another one. I think that's Warren that joined the. Oh, uh, was it? Okay. I don't think they ever said his name, but uh, I mean, I could ch- I could find out. Uh, my boss has a uh, annotated copy of one of Wyatt Earp's early biographies, and evidently his grandmother had the book from a previous relative who who made notations in the on the uh, on the edges of all the pages, like correcting the biography. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of awesome. There was, again, knowledge of what ha- actually was going on. <laughs> and I also went to college with one of the Clanton descendants. Oh. And he refused to watch Tombstone, and every time someone would mention it or mention an ERP, he would get livid. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> He must have, he must have gotten trolled like crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's like a family thing. It's like they they pass down the for generations the, the hatred of the earth. <laughs> yeah, I actually hope we do get another like you were saying, Brian, a tombstone posse set. Uh, you know, mainly so they do something with that Doc figure. I just I hate that model. I mean, he's such a cool figure, but I do not like that model. I, I agree. I've hated that since it got released. I mean, he looks like he's pulling up his britches. Yeah, it it, uh, it, look, it looks like he came. He just came out of the uh, the half moon, and he's he's kind of pulling up his pants. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I got to get to fight. <laughs> Brian, what are you teasing us with on the video here? I mean, they can't see it on the on the audio, so I'm going to show. Oh, he's he's teasing Doc is what he's doing. This is my modified dot. So he's holding a, a hand of cards, but you see the table behind him got kicked over in the, in the fight. So he's yeah, but but now you're just like like he's holding his crotch or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing a Michael D- Jackson. Thing. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> the first model I teach y'all with is my new you know baton wielding Jedrick. So he's gonna have both arms out and down. I haven't added the platons yet. He's basically saying, bring right. it. Bring it! Right. <laughs> uh, no, maybe it's just the low resolution, but I, I think we have uh, the answer to one of our other questions. <laughs> <laughs> Before I get to that, Tom, you, you think uh, <laughs> Brian, Brian needs another Jedrick? I mean, he just he's just going to start just building a bunch of Jedricks and just alter them. Well, I mean, I mean, to be fair, if if I was in that position, I'd have like fifty of them. So. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> okay, go to our other question. Uh, yeah, if I could buy one at you know buy him just him, but I have to buy the whole box. You know? So you know, I'll, I'll have I'll have when all said and done, I'll have three Jed Jedix. Uh, you know, two of him by himself, and then obviously I'll have the Jedrick, uh You know, riding. 2020 so <laughs> oh, god so another <laughs> listener comment we got uh we got this from i believe is just today as we're recording as uh, from boy i am gonna butcher this this poor man's last name but it's benji 
who I know he was talking earlier on the Dark Council about Adepticon. He's getting really geared up for that, so we'll see him at Adepticon. Uh, but his last name is Grosek. I think I said that pretty close. Uh, Benji, if I butchered it, you can let me know and smack me later. Um, he basically says, hey guys, thanks for all the hard work you do. Love the show. But one question always remains. If you had to assign the good, the bad, and the ugly from like the, the old Clint Eastwood movie to ourselves, who would be the good, the bad, and the ugly? Uh, so, and I know, Tom, you were interacting with him, and I actually have some of those printouts here. So, Tom said, that's a good question. I'm too pretty to be the ugly, <laughs> but I'm not nearly as good at second edition as first edition. I guess that makes me the bad. <laughs> and then he says, Brian and Eric can fight over the other two. <laughs> so, what, what do you think about that, Brian? <laughs> well, the... The diplomatic way to do it is not base it off of us, but what but we play. Base it off of what we play. See, that's what I was thinking, and I play all the nasty bad guys. So, yeah, I play lawmen. Yeah, but I also play lawmen. Yeah, we have the, the good, the good, the bad. Union. <laughs> hey, yeah. no, no, that didn't happen. Action. <laughs> <laughs> the union would be the bad. And then the undead would be well, more ugly. You know what? If if yeah, I I I could let you have that one. If if we have to go that if we have to go that way, just hit me with the stick. I'll be but the ugly. E- 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 either way, I'm still bad. <laughs> <laughs> me and Michael Jackson. <laughs> Wait a second! I thought we agreed that Brian's wearing all the sequence clothes. that's all right don't believe billy come on you're getting beat down it'll be great (laughs) so that was our little listener comments we had recently and uh i want to thank everybody for you know commenting and keep keep sending some that way we love seeing stuff like that as you can see we're having fun with it um (laughs) and i I don't know if you guys noticed uh, our, some of the videos are taken off on the YouTube channel. We mentioned last episode we started one. We are finally up to date with all our episodes on YouTube. Uh, we do have one video on there that you know I was just playing around. And uh, Brian actually has something that he's trying to send me that we're kind of brainstorming on what to do with it. So hopefully we can maybe do something with that. And uh, coming up with uh with packs coming up me and tom are gonna be probably hitting that pretty hard with audio and video yeah if, uh i i need to get a new charging cord for my camcorder because i lost out on a soccer field somewhere <laughs> uh, but, uh if i if i get at you know maybe we'll throw a camcorder up on a tripod or something and yeah see if we can get yeah. some games filmed or something i mean i got a old school tripod and then um I'm going to get one of those those tripods they got that I think they're called Gorilla Grip or Gorilla Arm or whatever. It looks like a little spider thing that you can, you know, plop your cell phone or, you know, in there and just put it on the tabletop. You know, I kind of actually have something like that from one of my kids. They've got uh, 
stickbot videos that oh, they yeah. make, and that it's oh, got. Yeah. So you know, I could see if I grab that from her. Yeah, that's uh, like the exact same thing. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll hopefully be doing a lot of stuff uh, at PAX for that. Um, we'll be uh, running around. I know we're gonna have uh, open play, and we'll be running around the booth and stuff. Uh, if you guys are going to PAX, just look for some brown shirts. Not that they're dirty, but. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have our little logo on there. Yeah, speak for yourself. Okay. Well, it is a long weekend, so you never know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, why don't we go ahead and move into our first segment where we're just going to have a kind of an open conversation about uh, just something in the game that we want to talk about. All right, well, why don't we start talking about our dev dev workshop. So it's a little segment we're going to do. It's a development workshop where the three of us are going to discuss different aspects of the game that, you know, may need tinkering or uh, maybe something that we really enjoy or could use or new ideas like uh, new scenarios or new rules that we may want to see in the game in future updates. What are what are we going to talk about in this new segment that we're trying out, Brian? Something that I think is on the top of everybody's mind lately. Okay. Well, one of the biggest, I guess, uh, most volatile addition to the game and uh, is Pierce Four. That that seems to have been uh, during one of the previous updates where they, it triggers most special abilities or defense no longer work. Yeah. So and most units that have a, access to a minus four pierce, it could be spend a fortune or spend an action point. But yeah, it's, 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 it's nasty. Right. So the pierce four is, is pierce. Every level of pierce adds just, way more difficulty for someone to survive via a grit check. So inherent of Pierce 4 is already going to be a deadly weapon. But to then turn off all defensive abilities for that opponent that already is going to have trouble surviving a Pierce 4 grit check, it it just makes Pierce 4 basically an, an auto wound. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, just... Basically, the way a, a Pierce four Pierce minus minus four Pierce usually goes through just about everything. I mean, it'll go through the cover. It you can't use metal on it. Uh, what else does it go through, Brian? It. I mean, it literally. It's there's not much you can do to stop it actually going through. Metal and tough don't work. Yep. The front half of tough allowing a reroll works, but then. The defensive part of surviving the wound doesn't work. Yeah. So you can still use quick and the dead preemptively, but then <laughs> then you're hungry. If they have more action points, they'll just do it again. Right. So currently, the most deadly Pierce Four is is slain because he's carrying two oh. Pierce Four. So the rate of fire on it is is more deadly. You know, because he's not just shooting once; he's 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 rolling twice. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it, 
they they systematically not only made Pierce fours already going to be deadly, but then now that nothing else works, it it makes it just so much more deadly. When I think we may want to roll back and you know maybe say some of the defensive things don't work, but some of them do. That way, some some characters and some faces and especially bosses can survive it. Yeah. Uh, so what are your thoughts? So yeah. I mean, so let's let's do this. Let's go over like a a pro. So, what's a pro list for a minus four Pierce? I mean, in previous conversation, I think you said it best, Tom. <laughs> you whoop a lot of ass <laughs> with a minus well, four Pierce. You know, it's 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 an eighty-eight Magnum. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it it's there is no reason to have anything to it other than the minus four. I mean, what's what's a pro? It kills stuff. Yeah. Kills stuff good. I mean, it, it's well, yeah. You, you, you're a faction that actually has access to it. You know, even if it's not your boss, there's a chance that even if you lose your boss, this one model can turn the game back towards you. I mean, by just walking across, blasting everything in the face. Do Do you guys think the model that in any faction that would have that minus four is kind of like an auto include in your posse list? If If I want to play competitively in a tournament, yes. Okay. Because because that's that, that's basically what I'm going to use to hunt down the most dangerous unit on the other side. I keep my boss near him if it's not my boss that has it, so that he can use his largesse to keep that guy alive. Yeah, I mean it, it it's that it's that valuable. Yeah, definitely, definitely is. Okay, so let's go on the other side of the coin, cons, which more so I think our conversation today on this is leaning towards. I've felt the pain of this just this past weekend where it's basically the guy's coming at me. He's coming at me hard with a couple units that have the minus four pierce. And there wasn't really much I could do but just roll those dice and hope I had fortune to do rerolls if I didn't get the eight, nine, ten that I needed to, you know, successfully pass a grit track. So. Let's go over the cons. I mean, we kind of briefly mentioned about how you can't use metal, uh, how it goes through, you know, any kind of cover you would have. I mean, is one of the cons like that it's like overpowered, basically? I mean, that's what I'm feeling. I, I mean, I don't think that's just one of the cons. That is the con. That is um, the con. It, it it's, it's too much. It, it really is just too, too much. But like I said, if I had that, I'm doing everything to protect that piece. That is probably the most valuable piece you have as far as a, a pure damage standpoint. Take out anything on, on the board type of a piece. And, and you're going to move with that. You're going to build around that. And you're going to protect that. And you're just going to pick off the most powerful units on the other guy's side for as long as you can before your minus four dies. Yeah, yeah. And you said, Brian, that you wanted to look at what we could to uh, – so our next little – kind of thing in this this talk is uh what we think needs tweaking so what do you guys think that you could do to kind of roll it back like you said um to maybe simmer it down a little bit well uh, you know inherent of the weapon just being a pierce four um I, I would limit the effects that have on all special abilities like right now there is so numerous number of special abilities that are ignored if the weapon was pierced for. Okay. Uh, so 
I mean, the best thing to do is is maybe have like maybe one level, like you know, there's certain levels of defense, you know, like just a regular grit check, right? So obviously they're not gonna it's not gonna ignore a grit check. Everyone yeah. still gets their grit check. So then the next level of defense is a fortune reroll, right? So it's it doesn't ignore that. It's not like saying, oh, you can't do a, a fortune reroll. Mm-hmm. But then it gets to okay, you fail your roll. And then there's some defensive abilities that could go into effect, you know, metal and then tough. H- having them ignore both is just extremely brutal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not to confuse that special ability. Uh, but uh, I'm never living that down. <laughs> <laughs> but so I think there's a way of making it affect some things, but just not be eliminate them completely. And, I mean, and that's I... the risk i told be partial to let characters still use metal there's only so few models in the game you know the boss's faces and actually not all faces have metal uh to be able to have that to soak up you know damage from a weapon that powerful would help um you know well it's hard enough already yeah you know it's it's like why is pierce four that huge of a leap you know, because Pierce three are great weapons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're great weapons because it's that hard to grit save against them. Yeah. Just on a, a regular roll. So Pierce four is, you know, a fourth better, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's almost like an auto kill. Uh, many times I've seen it, it's but, just like, okay, he's dead. Well, it's very difficult. I mean, you have to really roll well. And then, you know, just then making it even more so by, you know, ignoring every other defensive ability. I think that just goes a little too far. I, I would like to see some of that rolled back to where only a few things are affected by Pierce four, you know, like maybe, you know, like Kokororli, they have those, some of the defensive abilities, they ignore all effects from, you know, weapons or whatever. And then you can say, well, you know, unless it was a Pierce four weapon that, that put them stunned, mm-hmm. then they have those negative abilities. Mm-hmm. Right, or the negative penalty. Yeah, I mean, you I know, have... that a complete death. It's like, oh well, you know, you normally would ignore those negative modifiers, but because it was a pure four, yeah, you suffer them. You know, yeah, a lot with the enlightened, a lot of them have the um, durable, so they're ignoring the first point of a piercing, and the piercing even goes through that. So it's like when enlightened are facing somebody that has. Uh, a minus four is just like, well, <laughs> I just pull them off the board now. I mean, like we were saying, how it's just there's it goes through so much. It, it it's it makes it difficult. Uh, I mean, I you feel like you're in a position where, where you're just looking for tens at that point. Yeah, that's a tough yeah. position to be in. Yeah. And there's many, many times that, you know, uh, my, my personally, my dice aren't like that. They're not like Brian's. uh dice that have the two tens on them <laughs> yeah we all need some of those <laughs> but uh yeah I, it is difficult to you know when you're facing a, a minus four guy shooting at you and you know your guys already you know average grit is what six i would say and if you're subtracting four from that that makes it really really hard uh to stay yep. alive as it is so well, there's a reason there's no minus, no, no Pierce fives. Yeah. 
yet. <laughs> yet. Except for the tuned, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them any ideas. <laughs> well, I think we uh, pretty much... Do we have any other rule things that we want to delve into? I think uh, we briefly talked about weapon quality uh, reference cards, Brian. Did you want to kind of talk about that? Oh, yeah. Okay, so one of the coolest things that they did is when we were talking about, you know, having to print out all these things for uh, references, right? You don't want to have to always have to open up a book. Well, so what, what War Cradle did was they were like, oh, okay, well, just like the posse cards, we're going to throw the uh, common rules on these reference cards. And then they added them to the posse box. So you get, you know, the refreshed common, you know, abilities all on these little reference cards. So like quick in the dead and uh, trailblazer and those type of common abilities that are on the back of the player card. It's great. You know, it's mm-hmm. a small, it doesn't take much space on the table. Uh, it doesn't need a whole lot of searching for that page in the book. You know, you just, Hey, Hey, there's the common rules. Let's refresh our memory on, you know, what, what shrouded does or, you know, prodigious. So we, <laughs> Tom's just shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, we have to chuckle every time we say that word. <laughs> Eric, right. Eric, can you, can you say that for us? Uh, prodigious. How's that? I'm getting better. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I've been practicing. <laughs> He's like, I know Brian's going to do it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. For, for that reason, I also think another one of the most referenced things that people have to look up in the middle of the game is what does this weapon quality do? So I, I think that's the next step for War Cradle is to put those on a reference cards, just like the common rules, yeah. because those the weapon qualities are right now the biggest thing that people are grabbing the book to reference. Yeah, and there's 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 so many of them too. It'd be nice to have them at easy access. Right. Now, the nice thing is, is early on when we first saw those common cards, I asked Stuart if he could make that a PDF, and he did. So we can make, we can print them and cut them. So I print them, but it would be nice to have them in a In the in box sets. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. That way, it's easy reference. It's easy to grab. And, uh, they're, they're so much nicer than the ones we, we can print on our own. Yeah, I've printed mine out, and I've... Uh... It was a while ago, and I ended up putting them in like some uh, hard top loader card sleeves that I could just put with the other cards on the table. You know, like you said, the unit common rules, uh, the uh, conditions, because you get the little condition card and the uh, weapon upgrade card, and I just keep it with all those. But they're, yeah, like you said, they would be nice to just automatically have. There's a lot of newer players that may be getting these box sets and they get all the other cards and then they have to, like you said, flip through the book to look up those, those, you know, weapons. What are, what do they mean? Oh, what's this one mean? And so, yeah, it, it also helps with those older players who don't, you know, update their <laughs> rule books very often. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not not that we know anyone like that. <laughs> no. Yeah, you know, so 
I know Eric and I have been there where we're we're at a game and we're like, oh yeah, and this is what the rule means, and someone at this, someone else on the other side of the table will go, no, no, this is what it, it says, and then we're like, oh wait, no, that's a previous version. And he goes, no, no, yours is the previous version. And we all look and we're like, don't. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm sitting there. I, meanwhile, I'm still looking at my, my Dark Council version of the book. <laughs> well, well, at least you did say the, the first edition, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so you've made progress. All right. <laughs> well, it is kind of neat. Uh, someone on Facebook today was, uh, yeah, yeah, I've got stuff from first edition, you know, but I'm, I'm finally getting you know, dusting off my models and checking out the new rules. So I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome when that happens. You know, yeah. Like, hey, another. Well, see, that's, that's kind of another reason why it'd be nice to see these cards, you know, just to make it easy for old and new, like I said, to either jump into it or back into it. But, uh, well, I think, um, we've kind of blabbered enough about our, our newer segment. If, you guys want to drop us a line of ideas of maybe something you want us to discuss that's kind of a little more uh, tuned into a, a particular item in the game uh, for the the little workshop thing. We'll we'll be happy to you know ramble on about it and you know this is just three guys that you know we we're just kind of saying stuff we don't know <laughs> exactly what works, we're, we're, what doesn't work. We are not we're, on the inside no. of the war yeah. cradle. We're, uh, we're not relatives. We're not uh, affiliated with or anything like that. Uh, more or less just know, our so. opinion on them. And, you know, it, it could be good opinion. It could be horrible opinion. But, you know, it's just our yeah, two it, cents. It, it, uh, the goal is is to get everyone talking. So yeah. comment uh, what you think about the dev corner. Do you like the segment? Do you... Is it a good discussion to discuss? Yeah, you know, give, give us some up? ideas too. We'll we'll talk about anything. Heck yeah! And if someone really wants to intro their idea by joining the chat, uh, we're open to that as well. But you know, definitely use it as an impetus for discussions in your own metas and uh, on Facebook or any of the other platforms you want to, you know, jump into discussion so we can just talk about it, you know. Uh, who knows? We may come up with something cool, new rules or new ways of playing or new scenarios, all those type of things. So that's yeah. what we, we hope to, to gain with this new segment. So carry on. All right. Let's move on to the next segment. Hey, Tom, Brian, guess what time it is? Brian's looking at his watch. 11.32? No. It's time to do another top three models in the world of Wild West Exodus. So a couple episodes ago, the three of us put some lists together of top three models in the game, and we're going to do it again. Uh, This time, we're going to do favorite vehicles slash mounted models and we're going to kind of stick to the same rules we did last time so we had the rule of uh the three of us could not pick unreleased models brian and (laughs) i I know you're looking at a certain individual that's mounted on a mechanical horse yeah but we're not we're not picking named 
mounted either. That's right. That's one of our other rules. No named guys. We're not picking guys without the quick and the dead either. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Brian's going to need some ice now. Okay, so that's... <laughs> No, we're gonna we're gonna kind of stick to generic picks here, picks models that would be maybe your support or, like I said, it's gonna be your vehicles, which are usually heavy vehicles, and we kind of found that that may limit us a little bit. So we're we threw in mounted also, just because there's a lot of cool choices for the mounted units, and um, why don't we go ahead and. Uh, we can start with the top three. So who wants to start with their number three pick? We'll, we'll count down three, two, one, like we did last time. Who's, who's antsy to talk about their number three? Well, I'll go ahead and start. Okay. Here's number three. My number three is the Tumblr cohort from the order. This model is the Uniwheel. I mean, one, it's just a very cool cool model it just has all kinds of neat things to it i I love the glow effects that i painted on mine uh you know it it just really kind of stands out on the board then of course you know quick quickness of eight grid of six it's got agile it's one of the few vehicles that have quick in the dead it also picks up moving target the hyper v rifles that that it sports with shred crits on lethal uh, 18 inches, Pierce three, two ready to fire. It, I mean, it's a, it's a really good, you know, mobile option for you know the order. I don't think I've seen uh, that out on the table yet, uh, Brian. Is the is that uh, is that under the support section for the order? Yeah, it's a support model. Okay, uh, it it carries Spica, so you can bring it into you know one of the posse's as either a support model. And when we start seeing, like, bring Spica, you'll probably be able to just bring uh, bring along based on having that trait. But one of the interesting things, it's considered masked. It's got special rule mask, but the model does not have a mask. So it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting. Uh, I got a question uh, for you. Pretty- I got a question for you, Brian. Why did you pick this specific one? Did I miss why you picked this one? Oh, because it's cool. It's cool. That's why I figured it. <laughs> I figured you'd say it was. It looks it's cool. amazing on the table. You haven't seen it on the table, so you just don't know. No, I, I just don't know. <laughs> well, that's the order for you. I just don't know. <laughs> A few weeks ago, I posted pictures of my order, and you you can go scroll back in Facebook and see uh, a close up of it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember when you were finishing painting painting it up a while back ago and it, it it did turn out pretty good like you said with the glow effects and stuff like that that's one of the neat things about a lot of the vehicles and i think that's kind of one of our <clears throat> deciding things for picking vehicles to do a, a as a top three is just there's some really neat modeling aspects to them and actually for the most part i don't see a whole lot of the vehicles in posses just a lot of times people like using the faces or you know, some of the vehicles, like when you get into the heavies, are kind of expensive. So uh, it's it's a nice change of pace, I guess I'd say. Right. 
I, I think now that the games are going to 1500, you'll start seeing them here and there. Yeah, that's uh, true. Especially once they start getting re-released. There's a lot of the vehicles that aren't really in the store. So some of the local places I can't, can't get them right now. Yeah. So, uh, I think, I think maybe sometime in the next year when they start pushing out, uh, the iron horses again, and maybe some new neat, neat options on vehicles, we'll start seeing them more and more. All right, Tom, what do you got for your number three? Tom, you're on mute. <laughs> well, what do you got? What do you got for your number three, Tom? We just missed the most insightful, poignant comment from Tom. From the look of the video, yeah, it was, was, well, <laughs> it was very thoughtful, provoking. Um, so for me, it's the uh, the lawman's judgment to support vehicle. There's a lot of cool things about this. First of all, just the looks of it. it it's a locomotive. I mean, it's a big armored locomotive um, that runs not on a track. So right off the bat, it's, it, it's big, it's scary, which is, you know, visually, it, it just projects some power. Um, gallows on the back. Exactly. I mean, I mean that's it. It's an intimidating looking little guy uh, there. So there's a lot of cool things uh, about the judgment. One, it's a transport. You can move units on it so you can get them the units across the field a little faster if you need to. It's also a firing platform. So those guys that are being transported can shoot out of it. They take a small penalty to do it, but it's pretty cool that they can do it. This is, they don't just disappear. It's got inspirational, so uh, units within six inches can re-roll a single dice roll inside of their activation. Then uh, it's got the vehicle traits; so we can fire everything, you know, whenever whenever it wants. So that, that's obviously one of the big benefits of having a vehicle. And the coolest thing that it does is incarceration. Uh, at the end of this unit's activation, D5 plus one stunned or disordered small-based enemy models within eight inches are immediately removed from play. I mean, that's just really, really nasty to be able to just say, all you, you're just gone. Uh, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Especially in concert with some of the lawman abilities that put stun, mm-hmm. such as the Aspaton, uh, Jedrick Powell and his Aspaton, um, Elena Miller's blasters. You know, there's so many well, carriers I mean- that... Do that. Even right, you know, right on the judgment itself, it's got the electro net launcher, uh, which has drag, tangle, and torrent with disrupt on a uh, crit. But I mean, when you when you think about the power of that, you've got a teardrop template, which is going to cover a bunch of guys. Uh, when you hit guys, you can drag them in because you want them to be within eight inches so that you can actually do that. So if you drag them, you pull them in towards you. Uh, if you tangle them, you stun them. And boom, there you go. There's your combination right there to basically just eliminate whatever. Uh, it, it, it's a pretty nasty uh, combination there, just using that net launcher. You know, and then, of course, it's got the chase cannon, which is you know, just a 15-inch minus three cannon, uh, kind of a pretty standard thing there. But it, it's really, I think, the electro net launcher uh, combined with incarceration is what's really, really scary about this vehicle. That's all I got. That's all you got. That's a heavy too, right, uh, Tom? Yes. Yeah, that's a heavy. Okay. So that's a that's so a it, that's the big old boat block. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it's um it's expensive. It's 220 points, so you know you're only going to use this during bigger games. But it, it's 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 an extra extra large. Okay. Yeah, and it it weighs a couple of pounds. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's just a big old chunk of resin. <laughs> For now, because uh, they have been talking about uh, coming up with ways to redo those those bigger heavies. Uh, I know they were talking about figuring out a way to make it like a plastic kit to cut the cost to the player that wants to get it and just right. make it more economical, you know, for overall. All right. Well, yeah. all right. Eric, my, what about you? My number three is uh, I feel kind of weird picking this as, you know, a, no, a number three for me or just a pick in general. Uh, I picked Sky Stallions. And I'll admit up front, a lot of it is because it's it's a you know it's kind of your classic looking Wild West model. It's a it's a you know an Indian brave on a horse, you know a big horse. But no, they're, they're they're right sexy beasts. They are. I mean, that's just when you think of the Wild West, you think of a guy riding a horse. So, um, but one of the things I I think is also neat about the sky stallions so this is a support unit that's in the warrior nation uh it's mounted they're fairly cheap i mean they're only 80 points to you know take one model you can take one to three but one of the neat abilities that i think that they have on the sky stallions is the sky leap Uh, i think that's a really neat ability that they have that it i mean they're already a, a fairly mobile unit with a quick of eight but being able to do a uh, a, move, a special move action that they can be placed up to nine inches away from where they initially started that leap, so they could basically jump up on buildings. You know, they can go get over any kind of terrain. Uh, there's not really much that'll slow them down. They also have the spirit aim, which is kind of neat. Uh, you you know you can swap out your mine attribute in place of their aim attribute for your aim checks and then they don't suffer obscured penalties that you normally would get when you're taking a shoot action they also are elusive so they you know they don't suffer the minus four penalty against backstab reactions they're skirmishers so you can spread them out a little bit they have metal moving target and i mean they're weapons so i mean granted they're only a rate of fire one but like the spirit bow is attuned and it has decapitate on crits and you can do it like 15 inches away. So it's, you know, it's, it's a decent shooting weapon. And then if you get them close enough, which you're going to be able to do easily with their, you know, the, the spirit, the, or not spirit leap, the sky leap. And with their quick of eight, you can tear into, you know, some units with their Tommy Hawks. So, but like I said, a big part of the pick was just the aesthetic. It's kind of a neat model. Uh, I have a couple of them that just, they look like they'd be a fun model to paint. I mean, you know, with the different uh, coats of horses, you know, you could do Palominos or you can make them black stallions, whites, you know, it's just, there's a lot of variety to painting a model like this. Well, there, there's I, I really like that synergy between the sky leap and the spirit aim because you can kind of drop him into spots where he's getting a lot of cover, 
uh, while ignoring it shooting out. Yeah. So so that's a really powerful thing there. Even though you're only getting a rate of fire one, it's it's a pretty powerful one that you can put together there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost a guarantee that he he can get anywhere he wants to get and you know attack something. So. Yep. All right, Brian, you're up next with the number two. Here's number two. Number two. All right. So I'm going to switch things up again and uh, jumping into my my favorite faction. And I'm going with the Ranger Interceptor. The support, light vehicle, mounted lawman, picks up the traits, machines, human, ranger, and interceptor. It's gained the, the tag ranger, which... It's great because it can go into the uh, Ranger Showboat Posse, and it for 85 points a model, it brings quickness 5, grit of 5, aim of 5. What One of the coolest things is these guys didn't forget to bring their ass, so as they ride by, they do have the ability to use a melee weapon. Those weapons pick up parry and stun. And, of course, it has the Eagle, the Eagle Hypervelocity Guns, which carry shred and linked. So you're ignoring the first level of, of any obstructions and you're re-rolling them, them misses on a crit. It gains lethal 20 inch range with nine quickness, 20 inch range. One of the special rules they get also is rapid, which is free focus moves. This 20 inches is going to with the 20 inch range. You're going to hit something. You're not going to be uh, waiting to get in position. So uh, jumping out with a quick quick nine with an extra two, that's 11 inches in. That 20 inches is going to hit the other side of the board already. So yeah, it's hard to hide. It's hard to hide from a 20 inch range. Right. Yeah. Pierce three rate of attack two. These cannons are so brutal, uh, but not brutal. Uh, <laughs> I think he's taking a jab at you, Tom. <laughs> you can bring you can bring three in a unit. They have skirmishers, so you don't have to keep them real close. They also have trail finders, so you can jump them out ahead at the beginning of the game. Uh, they also have moving targets, so they're harder to hit. Now, the one thing they pick up, which is unique to it being a lawman vehicle, is they do have tin man, which means uh, base to base they pick up a plus one grit, and they may ignore penalties of uneven ground and may re-roll failed yellow checks well this is huge you they they have skirmishers so they can spread out but they gain something if they kind of link up and touch base it so overall it's a really good option for for fast moving targets they can get out to objectives and stuff so it's just a great you know a great option for a vehicle number two number two all right so my number two is uh in the union faction and it is their big heavy one. It's the Rolling Thunder. Um, the Rolling Thunder is just a big old nasty tank. I was going to say um, nasty. It's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they, to me, what's really scary about them is the um, the, Gat, the Gatling fuselades. They're linked. They're heavy. They're brutal. They're lethal on a crit. Minus two piercing, but a rate of attack of six. I mean, that's just, you know, uh, it's just nasty. Just tears and, right through things. And they can shoot all your weapons at 
you can take a shoot of all their weapons at once. Um, you know, it, it, it's and and oh by the way, they have a gunnery of eight. <laughs> so so it's just uh, you know gunnery. God, I'm losing my mind. Marksmanship. Well, marksmanship of four. I'm losing my mind here. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I was like, I was like an eight. I'm looking at the wrong thing here. <laughs> you mean aim? <laughs> oh God. Ignore me. My <laughs> brain's fried. Um, you know, they've also got the chase cannon, which is the same thing that's on uh, the judgment. It's a minus three. It's just a big gun. It's fine. <laughs> um, but it's, it, it, it's the Gatlins that are, to me, really uh, a scary, scary thing. You know, it's got mass, so it, it ignores disordered uh, from smoke screens. It's a vehicle, so it can fire all of its weapons. Uh, it's indomitable, so once per turn, uh, when the unit's declared as an initial target of an attack, the unit can make a mind check, and if it's passed, it removes all negative conditions that are applied at that time. So it's just a pretty nice extra thing to have where you just no conditions, great. Uh, it's also tough and durable. There, there's nothing you know tricky about this. It, this is just a big, big hammer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the being able to fire... All its weapons at once, that's that's really nasty. I mean, and with the aim as high as it is, that thing is hitting everything that it's shooting. Yes, it is. So it, it's, you're rolling, a rate of attack is six. It's just, I don't think there's many things that have a rate of attack that high. You know, you're just mowing through things. Yeah. And, and it feels, and it feels good. <laughs> Unless you're getting mowed by it. Well, mowing feels good. Mowed, not so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of looking real quick to see if there's any vehicles on my list that have a uh, a rate of attack like that. Um, hey, there's not many. I mean, the Trailblazers do. Um, but, like, even just with the other heavies, I am not seeing a rate of attack like that, so it's it's hard to compete against that. Yep. So I have a question for you guys, though. That that uh, for the Rolling Thunder, uh, as you guys know, uh, the model itself has Gatling guns uh, facing in each direction. There's four Gatling guns mounted on this. Is that rate of attack baked into the fact that there's four, or do each one of those four get a rate of attack of six? Mm, it's all out. Once, isn't it, Brian? It's just the rate of attack is the right. rate of attack. So the way the way multiple weapons work is the reason it's a rate of rate of attack of six is the fact that it has all four of them. Mm. Yep, that's what I was asking. Okay, yep. right. okay. That's why it's rate of attack six because it, it's assuming only two of them are shooting in one direction. Sure, but you can technically shoot in every direction <laughs> at once. Right, but that's why it's only six, because it's the Gatlins are typically three. So you're basically, because of the way, you have to pick one target. Yeah. And there's only going to be able to have two at, at uh, bring those two to bear. So without getting into facings and stuff like that, they made a easy way. Is like, well, there's no way you're going to get three all trained on the same target. So they just put two two Gatlins together and said, okay, well, whenever they pick a target, that's getting hit. <laughs> that's right. getting hit. That right there, that's getting hit. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's probably how they decided that. Is 
because you know, especially now that they're working on the the ship combat, obviously. Yeah. No, and and I agree. With, I agree with you. Um, there, I agree with you on that. I just wanted to clarify it and make sure everyone knew that <laughs> you weren't getting twenty four shots. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that would that would be really bad. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll go on to my number two. Uh, mine is very similar to what Tom just picked. So mine is also a, a big heavy vehicle. It's the Doomsday, which has a lot of similar traits that Tom's had. It also has tough and durable, and it has the ability to get rid of conditions. It is also a vehicle that can shoot all its weapons, even though it, it has just the Reaper cannons on this that are Heavy, brutal, lethal with a crit. I am only throwing five dice, though, with the Doomsday, Tom. Uh, (laughs) It also has... uh, One of the things I like about the Doomsday is the capacity with it. Uh, So the Doomsday can take up to six models inside it. Up to six small base models. And the units transported in this manner gain the hunkered condition while they're inside it. And also, friendly units can be deployed already mounted in the unit. Both units are deployed to the battlefield as a single deployment. And the transported unit are considered to be mounted. You cannot put, of course, uh, another unit that has capacity inside this. And you it, it also has a firing platform, so guys that are riding around in it can make shoot actions. Unfortunately, they do suffer a minus two to their uh, penalty, to their aim, but still it's an option. Aesthetically, I like this model because it kind of reminds me of, uh, like from the old westerns, your iron war wagons. It just doesn't have horses on it unless you want to model some iron horses or some black hoofs or something. It's 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 a neat-looking model. Uh, it's very similar to the, the other heavies. It's just a big chunk of resin. Yeah. Well, it looks kind of like a stagecoach, right? Yeah, it's it's like the, the armored stagecoach. So, you know, it, it does have the big cow catcher on the front, which is kind of cool. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's a fun, big vehicle. It is expensive like the other big heavies at 215 what i i usually take this with the enlightened every once in a while when i get kind of tired of my my slow guys that move four five you know i could put a bunch of the guys in there and it helps them get across the field a little more safely so they're not just you know getting pinged off while they're slowly lumbering across the field but i mean the doomsday you can use it in a couple of the other different factions. Like I know I've used it with the outlaws and it's kind of one of those cross faction vehicles. Like, you know, some of them are, some of them are like, I know the, uh, Oh, is it the old fire truck? I know can go in a couple of the other factions, but yeah, that's, that's my number two, the doomsday. Okay. Just like last time before, uh, all of us get into our number ones, we wanted to kind of go over our honorable mentions or our runner-ups or number fours as they are. Now, these picks that we did for these vehicles, these models, are not any particular order that they, you know, why we picked them. They 
basically were just uh, they just missed getting on the list for one reason or another. Not that they're bad uh, or that we don't like them over the other ones. They just they're runner ups that just didn't get on the list. So, Brian, why don't you give us your number four runner up honorable mention? All right, Brian, swinging back around to you. All right, so my number four is new to the long faction. Thank you, War Cradle. And it is the deputized dust cutter. So the dust cutter is a two-man, four-wheeled vehicle uh, where one guy's driving and the other guy is in a turret. It, the, the model comes with three different options that you can you know, choose from. I, of course, threw magnets on mine, so yay for me. The base model is 120 bring into a popper. You cannot team him up with others. Common rules are metal and surefoot, quickness of seven, grit of six, aim of four. This thing has bait as a Gatling gun, which brings heavy, brutal, and linked, 15-inch range, pierce to two, rate of fire three, carries a capacity of two, so you can also bring in, drag around a couple extra units. I do not know where you're carrying them because it does not appear to have anything. Like I said, just cling on to the side. Uh, it has a firing platform, so those transport units can shoot out, just like we just discussed for the Doomsday. It also can replace that Gatlin with anything else that you want to spend more points on from the faction armory. And like I said, it, it comes with three different options, actually, with the model. So it comes with a Gatlin, comes with a flamethrower, and comes with a, uh, I wanted to say it's just an auto cannon which I don't know if there was even an option of that in the faction armory, but you get it. It also is a vehicle, so it can fire all the weapons it's equipped with at the same shoot action. So basically, if you are carrying a couple other guys, their their weapons can shoot at the same time as your Gatlin. So, you know, bring someone with a, a, a Gatlin, and then you're shooting more than one Gatlin. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, no, no. <laughs> Uh, uh, this this model also has rapid, so that quick of seven gets an upcharge for free, so it's running nine. So good model, looks cool. Uh, I have not painted mine yet. Of course, that was because it was an outlaw, but now Aww, I can use it as a deputy. Come on, so outlaws need love too. Shiny deputized uh, lawman paint job. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's. All right, that's Number that, four. That's your that's your runner up number four. So that they put it on an extra large base. <laughs> Go ahead and do your your runner up, Tom. All right. Well, my runner up is the Union Iron Horse Cavalry. I like the Iron Horses. I I plan on making a, a giant Iron Horse based posse using uh, Custer. Um, the thing I really like about the Iron Horses is their flexibility. Uh, you can put different weapon loadouts on them. There are additional costs for some of the other weapons, the flamethrowers, the grenade launchers. But if you mix a whole bunch of these different weapon types together, you can really cover any anything that comes up on the board. You know, you can get indirect fire, you can get blasts down, uh, you can clear out buildings with flamethrowers, you can just use the Gatling guns to tear things apart. So really more than anything, I, I don't even love the way they look. I think they're kind of silly looking. But uh, I, I really like how effective they are. So 
Uh, I think that that's, makes them my runner-up. Silly looking. They kind of look like speeder bikes. No. Uh, you got to like that. No. No? no Which one? They look like speeder bikes. I, they, they look kind of dopey. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that why they're your – that's why you're your runner-up? <laughs> if they were prettier, they'd be further up the list. <laughs> well, all right. I'll go ahead and move to my my – Bridesmaid, my runner-up for this list is the Interceptors, particularly the Bandit Interceptors, because I do play Outlaws occasionally, and I do paint them, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the the Bandit Interceptors. So it's it's a support model that can go either in the Outlaws or the Hex. It's a mounted mercenary unit, so it kind of floats around. Uh, it's a cheap unit, so it's it's only eighty points or to to put in it your posse. Was stolen? Yeah, I was stolen. Well, they, this this one was pretty, so maybe that's why they stole it. Uh, it has a it has a quickness of nine, and then combine that with the fact that they have a special rule rapid that they can focus their move actions at no additional cost. So just doing a focus move for free, you can get that sucker cranked up to 11 inches and then say you do a dash with it. You could really move this sucker up the field. So it's a fast mobile unit. It has common rules like skirmishers and moving target so you can spread them out, make it hard to hit. And they have a juiced hyper volley gun, which has a range of 20 inches. It's a rate of fire only two, but with a piercing minus three, if you hit, it, it's it's going to hurt. And it has shred and link, so it'll go through stuff and you can re-roll. And then with the overcharged on crits, you know, you could it really helps tie some stuff down. Um, this is one of those units that I've used a couple times, but when I've used it, it's, it's worked pretty effectively. I don't use it a lot because I don't really, like I said, I don't take a lot of vehicles in my posses. Um, I'm one of those few that just like to face guys and I'm forcing myself to take more hands, but it's, it's, it's a pretty sexy model out on the board, but that's, yeah, that's my, my runner up to the list is the bandit interceptors and what's kind of neat i didn't mention is that the interceptors is one of those you'll find them in some of the other factions like the lawmen will have them i believe the union have them and i think that's it but that's my runner up so why don't we go ahead and go to our top of the list so our number ones tom you start us off with your number one (laughs) Wow. Tom, you're out of mute. Damn it. (laughs) I might have to leave that in. I thought thought Brian was our number one. You switched the order. You can't switch the order. That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. I'm I'm keeping you on your toes. On your face, you were like, Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. Why do I run without a camera? <laughs> what? 
into my eye. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to pull it down. Look into Look my into eye. My eye. <laughs> um, so am I doing my number one or is Brian? Brian, go for it. He's number one in our hearts. <laughs> number one in our hearts. <laughs> and the best of them all, number one. All right. So my number one vehicle choice is, uh, no shock here, a lawman vehicle. It is the Ranger Gyrocopter. So this support model obviously is a machine. It's a Ranger. It picks up the trait flight, which allows a you know special move, uh, 18 inches pretty tall. Uh, <laughs> and it's considered another model. For 85 points per model, you can bring up to three in a unit. Common rules are skirmishers, so they can spread out if you like. They also pick up uh, Agile and Moving Target. So special rules is dispersed deployment. This unit cannot be placed into reserve after standard deployment, but before any trailblazers have deployed, starting with player B, each player must take it in turns to place a unit with the dispersed deployment rule into the player A. Units maybe must be placed at least six inches apart from other units and six inches away from the edge of the play area and must be placed outside of the deployment zones. That basically means... You can't you can't deploy these guys inside your deployment zone, so they get a little advantage to move up the board. They also have elusive, so backstab suffer minus four penalty. All right, so with quick stabbing, it's moving pretty good on a normal move. So if you do your flight move, which you can only do once per turn, you can take another move with a quick seven. Uh, so they're pretty pretty agile across the board. They have you can use his pistols. With 10 inch range, they can throw some smoke grenades at eight inches. But the big gun is the Liberty Liberty Gatling gun, linked, brutal, and refined. So refined allows you to crit on a nine and ten, and the crit gives you shred. Did you say so, that thing was heavy? It's a heavy weapon. No, the it Liberty Gatling gun is heavy. It is not um, heavy, right? But machines ignore the true and shoot part That's of true. heavy, so. It's really wouldn't matter. Um, the Gatling gun has 15 inch range, pierce two, rate of attack of three. So just a great model. I've always loved the design. The only downside of it is I only bought one, and now you can bring three in a unit. Hmm. So I pick up a couple more. <laughs> or if someone wants just to send me some, you know. Oh, geez. I'll, Here I'll... we go again. <laughs> God, we're, we're, we're like the poor beggars. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you don't want to start it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying we're poor beggars. Send us stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what do you got for um, your top pick? All right. So my number one is um, one that's been covered twice now already. Uh, it's the Interceptor. It's the <laughs> Ranger Interceptor. So instead of going over that again, I'll go into the anecdotal library on why I love this so much. Um, <laughs> when the lawmen were originally released, there wasn't much available for them. One of the first things that was released for them after the initial Kickstarter was the Interceptor. So I picked them up and used them, and they looked very much like they were going to be an anti-infantry platform. You know, they basically had guns that put out uh, a rate of fire of four of a two-inch blast template. So combined with their number of atoms and everything, they put out eight shots of two-inch blast templates. It looked like it was just going to be this great anti-infantry thing. 
Um, so I brought him to a tournament and came up against someone who ran an enlightened horde and I put them against his, you know, 20 or 30 constructs or whatever the heck he had. And I was killing like two guys a turn and it was awful. And, uh, turns out they're not good anti-infantry platforms. And I got my butt kicked. So I was a little steaming about them. I was like, oh, these things are garbage. I, I, why did I get them? They're horrible. Uh, I came up against a warrior nation opponent the next game. He had one of those fire Eagles and he flew it across the board and dropped it and basically blew some fire down a line of my guys, which was pretty devastating early in the game. And the only thing I had available to fight it with was these interceptors, which I'm like, Oh, they're power eight. They're garbage. They're not going to do anything, but they're all I have. I turned them on, uh, this fire Eagle and just absolutely blew it off the board, devastated it. One, one turn, it was gone. Turned out that interceptors are probably the best anti armor bikes in the game in first edition. Uh, and I found that out very accidentally, but basically, basically because of how those rules worked, even when you missed, you hit because you scattered those blast templates and they were, they didn't go very far <laughs> when you scattered them. So, you know, you're hitting these big armored targets. Even when they scattered, you were still nipping them. That POW eight was not great, but it had armor piercing. So you'd always do one or two damage, which isn't great until you multiply it out with the, by the fact that you have eight shots per and you had three bikes. So you got 24 shots on something doing one or two damage every time. Basically, you just annihilated things. And because of that, they kind of gained a special place in my heart. And uh, it, it still remained that way. They're, they're used much differently now in second edition, but they're still really, really good in second edition, just for different reasons that we've already covered. And on top of that, they, they look really cool. You know, it's, 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 you've, you've got a, you know, a, a ranger on a crotch rocket, basically. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, you know, with big guns sticking out the front. What's not to but like about basically, that? Basically, you have a deputy <laughs> on it, but it's a ranger. These are ranger interceptors. Come on. You're not deputy interceptors. <laughs> God, get with the program, Brian. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to get so, into the fact that the, the outlaws just stole them from both you guys. So. Shut up. <laughs> God damn, dirty screws. They <laughs> stole their outfits, too. <laughs> Now we got a bunch of naked rangers laying out in the <laughs> desert. Great. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so that's why why they they come in at my number one. Uh they were really great in first edition, they're really great in second edition. Um and they're really cool looking. You can do a lot of different things with modeling them and everything. I've got you know one popping a wheelie, and uh, you can kind of have them skidding out and stuff. So they're the, you know they're really kind of neat. So that makes them my number one. Yeah, these these are the models that I think you brought it up episodes ago, Tom, uh, about just doing some donuts with them to get to moving yep. target, and then just throwing that that volley of uh, their rate of attack at something that's just right in front of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you just uh, – there's so much to like about them. You know, I, I think we – you know, it's the, it's the one common thing that we had between all of our lists. And um, I, I just think it, it's a fun, uh, really effective vehicle. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to move to my number one. My number one is also a – kind of another aesthetic 
pick. Uh, I have yet to use this model, so I'm not. I can't. I can't say how great or fantastic it is. But with us on the show of the Black Hoof Saloon, I, I'm kind of partial to this model a little bit, seeing as this is kind of where the name came from. Uh, but I'm gonna pick the Black Hoof Scouts. Now, we could name any of the Black Hoofs. There aren't that many out yet, but we're starting to see some more come into the game. But this was a model that when I was first getting into the game, I got introduced was the kick, the second Kickstarter. And this was a big part of that second Kickstarter with the Confederates coming out. And I just thought, oh, wow, that is so neat to see these mounted units on a mechanical horse. I just thought it was really neat to see this mechanical horse. Basically, it's a support with the Confederates that has a quickness of seven. They're fairly cheap units, 70 points per unit or per model. They have, you know, a, a variety of weapons like the, the juiced rifle. That's an 18-inch range uh, with overcharge on the crit. They have juiced pistols with revolver fan and close worked. And then they also have a another juiced weapon, the Saber, that has parry and also overcharged again. They don't have any special rules, but th- what they do have is skirmishers, surefoot, and moving target. And one of the other things that, going along with the Confederates, what I like is they have the, the, uh, the Confederate keyword that, I mean, they only have a limit of two. So if you can kind of keep these guys within range of your boss that uh, will have like rebel yell most of the bosses in the confederate have rebel yell you can bump that limit up to three so then they may become a little more effective for their unit may? i mean you can take it's not a may. they will they will <laughs> true they yeah, will they, get they can become more effective i mean you can take up to three models in a unit so you know you can I mean, my thought always with the Confederates was, you know, maybe take two units of these guys, you know, and keep them close to one of the bosses for the Confederates. But like I said, a, a big deciding factor for me with these models is just the, the coolness factor of the mechanical horse. And uh, that's my number one. Uh, I agree. I, I actually think they're one of the cooler looking units in the game. They are really for the where the story is they are very westerny yeah um and i think that's what really is great about them and like i said i'm partial because of you know name of our show (laughs) i can't help it right right well that is our top three vehicles in wild west exodus i hope you guys enjoyed that uh I mean, we kind of wanted to do a little bit of a follow-up from our last time we did a top three, which is the models. This time we wanted to do something different. We wanted to be a little more selective, and we decided to pick uh, vehicles or mounted models in the game. I think the big winner, though, today is the Interceptors. Like you said, Tom, all three of us picked the Interceptor in one form of a faction in all our list. It's a fun... that. Definitely is a fun model to try out. So if anybody out there hasn't uh, looked into that, to putting that in your posses, check it out. So that about wraps up our top three. And uh, we'll go ahead and get out of this segment and move on to something else. Get on out of there, little doggy. 
<laughs> Alright. Well, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Black Cliff Saloon. We tried to keep it a little bit shorter this episode. The last couple episodes, we were getting talky-talk, and we lost the button to uh, put on Brian to woe him. But <laughs> he just gives me a look. That look. Like, what, what are you talking about? But we, we were kind of... Woe me? We, we, do I look like a horse? Whoa there, Brian. Whoa. <laughs> Do I amuse you? <laughs> hey, maybe that's another outfit. We'll just get you a saddle. Am I in a, in a circle with a saddle on my back? <laughs> hey, enough with that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to even go there with that one. <laughs> wow. But, so so you're in the pony play. Brony. <laughs> <laughs> but no, listen, guys, we wanted to we wanted to keep this one a little bit shorter and get it out uh, before everybody starts driving or flying or making their way to PAX. You know, give them something to listen to. And before the holidays, we're actually recording this just before uh, Thanksgiving here in America. And, you know, we thought it'd be something for people to listen to, you know, before PAX, which is November 30th to December 2nd. And actually, if you guys are heading to that, just a little bit of reminder, me and Tom are going to be trying to run an open play. So if you guys are looking to get in some games, I know there's a lot of local guys that are going to be getting together and uh, me and Tom will be there. I'm going to be bringing a bunch of terrain across the country. Yeah, I'll be bringing some terrain down to, uh, we don't know where we're going to be. Uh, we are going to have be somewhere in the open play area and just trying to stake a claim, uh, to a couple of tables somewhere. So try we'll, to hunt this down. We'll probably post something on, uh, the dark council. So you guys know, like when we're set up and maybe exactly where we are. So keep an eye open on that. I envision yes. far and away, you know, with Tom Cruise, on a horse and he's got his little flag and he has to ride out in front of everyone and, you know, out on the plains of Oklahoma to stake a claim. So is it going to be like a, a rush through the gates to try to get to an open table? So who, who's going to be Nicole Kidman? <laughs> Mary. Well, she's I got red hair. One, so. Should I have should I have gotten one of those, uh, Brian, a, a a big ass flag with our logo on it, and we just have Tom just sitting there waving it back and forth. We'll do, it'll be it'll be like something that Lay Miz. Wow, God! I thought we were men. We're talking about far and away and Lay Miz. God. <laughs> Hey, far and away, it's very, it's like a Western, you know, Oklahoma. <laughs> Give me a beer. God, God. You need uh, something to put some hair back on my chest. Yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> Shake that off. What is Les Mis? I don't think I've ever seen that. <laughs> <laughs> ah.
I've just heard of it. I, I don't know <laughs> what it is. <laughs> you guys can uh, also keep in mind you can always send uh, questions or comments. Uh, we're starting to get a little bit of comments. We read in the intro some of our listeners have submitted some stuff. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Black Hoof WWX Podcast, or you could email us at BlackHoofSaloon at gmail.com. Uh, I think we're getting a little bit slap happy, so maybe we should get out of here. So, so listen, guys, while you're kind of watching out and diving for cover against the nastiness that is the minus four weapon that's just barreling down on you, uh, keep in mind to always ride with the sun at your back and roll those crits. This is Eric saying, I will talk to you later. Take it easy. Bye, guys. And this is Brian saying to ensure that Slane's not the one uh, shooting those minus fours at you. Make sure you always have an extra large whiskey for him so he's just a little off of the aim. (laughs) We hope to see you all guys at PAX later. Bye. Thanks for stopping by the Black Hoof Saloon, y'all. We hope you enjoyed your visit. Feel free to get a hold of us with comments or questions via the interweb and shoot us a telegraph at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com or find us on the Facebook at Podcast. Music provided for use by Ross Bugden and can be found at one of his YouTube channels, Ross Bugden Music or Ross Bugden Composer. Until your next visit, Ride with the sun at your back, and always roll those crits. That's the the bad thing about those little tiny pieces like that. If you lose track of it, it's like I must have bounced Uh, off of it. It's from Jed twirling his batons and stuff, throwing them up in the air, (laughs) calling in the '76 trombones. (laughs) (laughs) I get that reference. Is that sad that I get that reference? No, everyone should get that reference. Come on. One of the greatest she musicals ever made. Brian, what do you use for lights? I can see the light lighting your face, but it looks very dark behind you. Oh, there are no other lights on right now. It usually okay, has just, the halo going. All Except right. I have the halo behind me, but so then it's like, it'll be like this. It'll look like this. Dentist flashbacks. Holy crap. <laughs> I'm used to painting this close to my face. So 
relearning to actually paint with like a foot distance from my from my face with this lamp in between. Yeah. I just haven't gotten that far yet. I have just haven't practiced. Maybe yeah, I don't. I, I don't need a super hand. magnified close up of my shaky ass hands. <laughs> <laughs> Feel them shaking. You don't need to see them shake. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, I mean, we had one rule to discuss instead of thirty yeah. somewhat. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we could go over vehicle rules and then give our our thing, but the vehicle rules are stuff it's not going to be a long chat either no yeah oh i don't really have a vehicle or top three vehicles at this point because i haven't used them in second edition so bring up vehicles you love because they look awesome or so um most mine are gonna be interceptor one and then interceptor two (laughs) and then interceptor three (laughs) (laughs) because i've got one poly Wow. There's two things you can do. Yeah. One is you just attack it with an exact knife and then re sculpt his 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 hardened abs. <laughs> and then not... you you paint it on the then you have a clean can. Uh, I'm not that ambitious. Or, or you paint the grumpy symbol underneath that pouch. So, so you it just, just it's just spilling out behind. So, it. so you just see a little bit of the cloud coming out, a little bit of the rainy hearts. Right. I think. All right. What did we do last time? It's, it's got to be runner-up to the top three because wouldn't your runner-up to the number one be the number two? <laughs> I can't remember how we did it last time. So wouldn't that just be number four? Yes. Yes, it's number four. What's your number four? We're going three, two, four, one. 